right, hello and welcome to Voices of District 303, a periodic podcast to celebrate the people and programs of St. Charles Community Unit School District 303. I'm Dr. Jason Pearson, Superintendent of Schools, and I have the privilege of serving as the host of this program. as we talk about some of the outstanding opportunities that we have for our students and community members here in St. Charles. Well, I'm happy to introduce to you today our guest, the Honorable Ray Regina, Mayor of the City of St. Charles. Welcome, Mayor Regina, to our program. Dr. Pearson, it's always a pleasure. Good to see you again, and uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, we, we really, I am very excited about the opportunity that we have today to visit because I think you have quite a few stories to share um, through the years. You know, many of our listeners may, of course, know you as the mayor of the city of St. Charles, but depending on how long they've been in our community, they may not know um, your history, not only of public service, but also as an educator in our district, a longtime educator in St. Charles. And so I was hoping that as we begin today, you could start by telling us, how did you end up in St. Charles? You know, a lot of times things happen just really like fate. In this case, uh, somebody put a, a letter in an envelope at Illinois State University saying, uh, Ray Rogina, you're going to student teach in St. Charles at Thompson High School. It said on the, on the letterhead, Thompson High School, then I had parentheses at St. Charles High School. Okay, so I student teach in St. Charles, and then, and, and have a, under Mr. Jim Bannon, uh, who I still, uh, dear friend of mine, and I still associate with him today in retirement. And, uh, and so then um, I went to a suburban high school in the south suburbs. And in the fourth year of my teaching, uh, Jim Bannon called me and said, why don't you come to St. Charles? I have an opening here in the business department. I moved up to assistant principal. He was a business teacher. I interviewed with John Redling among others. The rest is history. In the early 70s, I'm a teacher at St. Charles and, and remain so for the next 30 years, teaching law, teaching economics, and uh, eventually becoming department chair for business um, in the last 14 years of my career before I retired. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about some other things we did, but uh, um, that's basically the essence of how I got here. And so this is my fifth decade, really, uh, living in town. That's the start. So you've mentioned being a long-term educator and being a part of the business department. You also mentioned some of kind of the, the historic names of the district, Thompson and John Redling, um, all of whom are former superintendents and who we have buildings named after um, in our community. Um, but let's talk a little bit about your role as, the, as an educator in the district, because I know that there were several contributions that you made uh, to our district and to our programs uh, through the years. Uh, first, as an economics teacher, um, one of the things that I had learned was that you conducted economic simulations for students and those were judged. Can you talk a little bit about kind of why you would do those simulations and how they supported learning in your, your classroom? Absolutely. And, and, and in fact, uh, I'm able to go back and judge some of them myself in retirement as the mayor, as they currently still exist uh, in the high school. Basically, what it comes down to is economics is one of the disciplines where there's no right answer. There's always an argument to be made for just about any theory there is. And so all you have to do is present students with a, simula a, a simulation of some sort where the economy is somehow out of kilter 
whether it's inflation, deflation, depression, whatever the case may be, and ask them, what tools would you use to correct the situation? And, and usually you'll, then you'll have teams of students presenting in the front of the room with judges in the back, evaluating them and, and, and asking them questions afterwards. Uh, there is no right or wrong answer, but nothing more than an opportunity for students to just start to think and think and think some more about these various theories. So I had that benefit in, at one discipline, economics, and the fact that uh, I, we used to drive kids crazy. They'd ask me about my beliefs. I said, that's not important. What's important is what your belief is and why, whether it's a uh, you're a monetarist, whether you're supply-side economics, demand-side economics, whatever the case may be, fiscal policy, whatever. And, and so um, I thought I've always got a kick out of that. And, and students are very competitive, too. That's the other side of the coin. So they want to outshine their classmates, and they want to do well. And so, uh, and, th and then they're open to critique, and that's an important thing. So that was, that was one thing. And, and I'm able to do that even in retirement. My team teaching partner in economics for 18 years, Tom Heyman, has retired also. We've gone back to East High School and judged for uh, Andrew Johnson and uh, Ryan Evans in their uh, economics classes today. So I, I felt good about that. Well, you know, these simulations actually gave students an opportunity to have some insight into kind of the real world experiences from an economics perspective. And I, I know that, you know, now today in education, we really value authenticity in the learning process. Uh, one of the things that you have contributed is um, early on helping us get started an internship program um, in our schools and having students go out and work in the community. Can you talk a little bit about how work-based learning and some of those internship opportunities provided students with authentic learning? So we always had a co-op program in St. Charles where students just went to their jobs and, the, and worked and got credit for both the classroom phase and job phase. So that's always been there. But in 1994, uh, one of your predecessors, again, Dr. John Vanko, came to Jim Holderfield and I and said, look, I think there's an opportunity here for students to go out into the, into the workplace in a variety of different occupations, not to get paid necessarily, but to get a chance to do some hands-on and some work uh, with a professional, get course credit for it, and actually interact in that particular marketplace. Well, what we did was, Jim and I, uh, we sat down with two businessmen. I remember, in the, uh, like it was yesterday, it was Jim LeBlanc and Dave Clark. Jim since has passed, but uh, we sat down and we did a beta test. And the beta test was we got about seven students and we did it the first year just with this uh, sample group to see if it would work. And sure enough, we, we placed these students in a variety of professional experiences, veterinarian, accountant, and it went over well that we introduced in the following year, 1995, to the curriculum. Uh, students did not have to go to a classroom. They just went to their internship and met three times with us, beginning, middle, and end, had to write a reflection paper. And of course, they had to have an evaluation by uh, the person who oversee them. The curriculum today in 303 is so much more enriching. The fact that you've got incubator, you have the shark tank experience. Uh, I mean, you've taken it to much higher levels. And in this rudimentary, rudimentary situation, I have two examples. Jim talks about the time a student said to him uh, in, in applying for the internship, I want to um, deal with large animals. I want to be a veterinarian, but I don't want to be involved with dogs and cats. I want large animals, horses, cows. 
And Jim says to me, I'll never forget the day, Ray, I went up to Dundee. That's where we had a place to student. And he said, I walk into this barn and this horse is upside down. It's under uh, anesthesia. This guy, this veterinarian is going to work on this horse. He says, I watched this guy, the vet put this, his arm right down the horse's mouth. He said, it was unreal. The student was there just in awe of this whole situation. And uh, he says, you couldn't re reproduce that again in a million years. He said, it was a, just a wonderful experience. Had me a, a young man walk into my office uh, applying for an internship. And, he, and we, Jim and I swept up, you know, the students. We had our special area. So he walks in and he says, uh, I said, well, what are you, I look at your application. I said, you're interested in being a funeral director? He said, yes. Now, I'll just say this to you. He was, he was dressed kind of avant-garde. I'll leave it at that. And, you know, I, and I looked at him and he, he picked up on the fact that I was observing his appearance. He said, Mr. Rogina, he said, I know what you're, I know what you're thinking. He said, uh, uh, you know, I mean, he says, trust me, when I go for the interview, I'll have a suit on, tie, et cetera. After the whole thing was done, Rick Yours, Yours Funeral Home here in St. Charles, says to me, Ray, he said, this guy was better than some of the college interns I get down here. He said, uh, he, was, he went to some death calls with me. He said, uh, it was just simply uh, unreal how he performed. And I'm just so happy that today here in this community, as, as I retired from the district, that you and the staff, uh, the board, has taken this to a higher level. It continues to amaze me what our students are able to accomplish when they're provided, you know, opportunities and um, they really do excel in many, many ways. Um, I know that recently, um, it, as you drive down uh, the road by North High School, you see that there's a sign that recognizes mock trial champions um, there, which is something that we uh, try to recognize in our in our students when they um, achieve greatness in their areas of interest. And just looking back at your history, it seems as if you were involved in, in the early days of mock trial here in our district. Can you talk a little bit about kind of how mock trial started and what happened at St. Charles High School at the time, which is now East, and you know how that's evolved to today where we're winning all over the, the country and the, literally the world? You know, before we started mock trial, and, and, and I, went, I was the first coach in uh, 1985, that uh, emulated because the state said we have a mock trial tournament, we have mock trial teams. Well, prior to that, internally, we have mock trial tournaments in our classes. Kids would argue one-on-one -on -one against each other. So that all developed for a number of years. And here we are in 1985, and now the state's saying we have a mock trial tournament. And so I said, well, I'm going to create a team here. And uh, we had our, our, our first cases, and and uh, we started off, we did well, but the we didn't win the big, big trophy until 1989 when I, never, it, I always say it's my, my fondest teaching moment, 1989 Page Courthouse is uh, doing the state championship and we beat out Hinsdale Central, which we always viewed as the Yankees, if you will, of the tournament. They were always the dominating force in the tournament. When they announced our name, our kids went berserk and, and they said, well, you're going to go to the national tournament in Louisville, Kentucky. So that was great. And so now I get a chance to bring along a, a, a lawyer as a legal aid, if you will, to help us along. And so I called Gary Johnson, the state's attorney at the time, and I said, former student, Pat Crimmins, I know he's, he's an assistant state's attorney over there. Can he help us out? Can he, can he go to Louisville with us? And Gary said, if he wants to, absolutely. Pat said, um, I'm in. That was a start of a relationship in 1989, uh, Dr. Pearson. It lasted to this day because Pat Crimmins is still 
legal counsel for the North mock trial team that, as you have indicated, has won three state championships, I want to say, in the last six or seven years. It, they were back-to-back. -back. They're a juggernaut over there. And um, by the way, as a side note on that green sign, that was, after they won their first one, that was the first call I got. Can we have a green sign for the street? And I said, absolutely, you can have a green sign for the but Pat is a good example. The volunteers in this community give up their time. Pat has not received a dime over the, all, from 1989 to today. So Pat's been involved in all but four or five years of the history of mock trial in St. Charles. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Mrs. Van de Sample and uh, Mrs. Roberts, who've been the keystones to that North success over the last number of years. I'm very proud of that. And I'm so happy to see that the, the district has got that going. Thanks for bringing that up. It brings back great memories for me. And uh, again, I'm so happy the school district continues and is a force in state mock trial uh, competition here in Illinois. Well, and this brings up another really good example of how the school district and the community is connected and kind of intertwined. Um, I know that beyond just, um, you know, some of the attorneys like Pat who have really invested in the program, it, some other people like the Kane County Judicial System has has stepped up to help us, um, you know, with mock trial. Do you do you have anything to tell us about kind of what their connection has been? St. Charles runs a mock trial tournament in conjunction with the state tournament. It's kind of like a practice round before you get to the state tournament. And they've turned the judicial, judicial center over in, um, has been the, the scene for that. And several judges in the, uh, in the building have come out on a Saturday morning to judge these mock trial cases. So the, the district has sponsored the tournament. We brought, in, we brought in schools from all over the suburbs and uh, the judiciary has been welcoming to them you know, these are really good examples of just how um, providing those authentic learning experiences are really investments um, in our in our future leaders. And I know that that you through the years um, have had students that probably by now have come back to you to talk about, you know, how what they learned in your class maybe has influenced their current career. And I'm just wondering if you can recall any students that that you had in the past that, you know, have now gone on to become leaders uh, in, in their fields or in their community. We have a dozen or so that are going to call me later on. Too. Why, why didn't you mention me uh, on that podcast? You know, I, what am I, chopped liver? But uh, the fact remains that you only when you when you mention a few students' names, they are a representation for a variety of students that I have had over the years that have let me know that they've done well. And I could I could sit here for the rest of the podcast and list names, but I will be happy to mention the following: four out of the ten city council members are former students. Rita Payleitner, Dave Petrilla, Ron Sokitis, and Todd, Bank and Todd Bancroft all matriculated through my class and one that's left the council but was uh, a, a city council member under my uh, watch, Steve Goggle, uh, was also a former student. So th there's, uh, there's five right there just locally. We're involved in city municipal government that, that I had you know, I, I think about that. Julie Mann, who is the news director at uh, WBBM uh, AM Chicago, and is also a distinguished alum now, but she was on my first mock trial team in 85. Dr. Steve Baginski is my dentist, and he's, he's got, of course, a, a number of patients here in town, but 
I had him in high school. And, and, and then I, I went from uh, Dr. Baginski to Bill Steppen. Bill Steppen is a faculty member here. He's a leader on the faculty. And, uh, but he was, a, he was a business law and economics student of mine uh, back in the day. Hal Honeyman, who um, runs the bike rack on the west side of town, he has sponsored Pops for Hope, a 5K run that had beer at various stops. Now he's fourth or fifth year he's done this. All the proceeds go toward bikes for disabled students. It's a wonderful give back. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention two others. I'm talking about the Hunt brothers, Dave Hunt and Jeff Hunt. Jeff is uh, the leader of the St. Charles Singers. Dave Hunt uh, runs Townhouse Books, but also is involved in a lot of charity work here in this community. And, and Randy Wright, who I had in class in 1979, is probably the fourth or fifth leading all-time pass, passer for the Green Bay Packers behind Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Those are just some examples of the kinds of men and women in this community that we could go on and on and talk about who have done well. Yeah, you know, so much of what we do as an educator is to help people find their niche, you know, what it is that they really are passionate about. And, and often they turn that into a career, uh, which is what you've kind of talked about, um, you know, and, and following such a legacy as an educator, you could have just retired and, you know, spent the rest of yours in retirement, volunteering and doing things across the community in a way that's what you did, but you did it in a formal way by stepping up to be the mayor of our community and have been serving in that capacity now um, for several years. So I'd like us to maybe pivot just a little bit to uh, that role. And and one of the, one of the things that um, has been an extension um, to, to supporting our students uh, in the mayor's role is as we expanded our incubator program and, and our internship program and, and added Project Synergy and several other uh, programs that have a component uh, of it that, that provides students uh, job shadowing opportunities, the city stepped up and said, look, we want to host some students um, in our job sh- in a, and have uh, job shadowing, which is an area that's hard sometimes to find opportunities. So everything from your office to the firefighters to the arborists, um, can you talk any about kind of how our students have been involved in maybe some of the city government pieces? Well, I, I actually had a supervisor, a student myself, anything that related to uh, discussion about the, the behind the scenes look at the what a meeting was going to have and what that was going to be on the agenda, uh, we we engaged in that kind of conversation and and, uh, and and brought brought them along there. Several students mixed with some of our staff members over 25 years has been involved in the government for a day program because that goes on through the whole semester where students are preparing and discussing different projects that they believe should be developed in the community. Uh, Fred, one of my predecessors, Fred Norris, always talks about the students being the ones who had the impetus for the Redgate Bridge. Uh, he always needs to say that. But the, the point is, I've watched, I've sworn uh, student mayors and aldermen in twice a, twice a year and sat and watched as they've unfolded a project that took all semester to develop, interacting with our staff uh, to make it realistic. And, and, and look at all the pratfalls that may exist in any given project or development. Tom Heyman, Jerry Powers, Andrew Johnson, Ryan Evans, those four carried that ball for the better part of 
25 years. And, uh, you know, COVID slowed it down a little bit here in the last year or so, but it will be resurrected again. And it's a, it's a jewel. And if I may add, there's nothing to do with the students anymore, but let's, let's talk a minute. I think it's important for us to talk a minute about our partnership because, you know, uh, you and I have talked offline many times about many issues and, and a couple of issues cropped up and we can get one example, which emanated into a joint school board, city council meeting. The, the issue, if I recall very clearly and distinctly of that, among other things, was vaping by our students. And the fact that realistically that was going on, it was a problem. And um, uh, both sides discussed it at length. I feel very good about the fact that the byproduct of all that, Dr. Pearson, um, a few places uh, didn't uh, show their muster in this community and no longer with us because of that, because they're not able to follow the rules in a municipality like they should have. Yeah, you brought up an important point. I think that that's one of the ways that you and I got to know each other really well was through some of our collaborative efforts through our intergovernmental meetings. And um, I do think that as I talk to um other superintendents or other communities, I have come to realize how um, unusual it is to have the level of cooperation that we have between our um, different entities. And I talked to other mayors and managers, but I'll tell you something. Our get-togethers once a, once a month with all the various government entities in this community, to me, is always a highlight because we're always sharing information that each of the government entities, schools, parks, library, township, city uh, are doing. So that there's nothing secretive about what's going on here. We're trying our best to share and coordinate with each other as best as we can. And um, you know, I know in my eight years of participating in that, I've always appreciated it. And I've appreciated my fellow uh, uh, individuals, elected officials and staff from the various government entities that have done uh, that kind of discussion. We share a lot of information, talked about issues here in this community. I, th I think it's important that our community does know that because I think it's one of the things that strengthens um, the, the ways that we're able to provide uh, services to to our community members. So, you know, as we wrap up, I, I wish we had more time because there's so many things we could talk about. And I'm sure that going forward, um, we could maybe come up with some other topics that we could have you come and be a guest on. You've got so many experiences um, in our community that could um, be interesting to talk about. But um, as we wrap up, I, I did want to just mention, I know that you're a proud ISU Redbird. Um, and I understand that you and your wife are working on a project with ISU and St. Charles East High School uh, that will have some benefit for our students. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Yes, I, I would, only because uh, Diane and I uh, have had a lot of conversation over the last number of years. What can we do to give back to the community above and beyond any kind of volunteerism or, you know, uh, working on this project or that project? Uh, in effect, you know, trying to share some of our, you know, uh, good fortune, if you will, both educators. And so um, we decided that, and I, I, I got this idea too from some of my, my, my mentors and my friends who have done the same thing in their communities uh, as they retired. And uh, so we decided uh, as educators, we would uh, fund a, uh, nothing elaborate. This is nothing, you know, there's no, there's no foundation involved here. There's no endowments involved here. Any kind, but simply the, to, to fund a small uh, 
one-time grant uh, out of uh, East High School because that's where I taught to a, a student uh, who's going to major in education at, at Illinois State University. So I engaged Illinois State University. They were very happy about that. That first award will be given this year. Uh, if it doesn't happen, it won't be for my lack of pushing ISU to say, I want it to happen now uh, in this particular year as a senior moves along to his or her freshman year at Illinois State. Well, Mayor, I really appreciate your time today and for you uh, talking with us about all of your contributions as educator and as the mayor of St. Charles and then continuing to give back through the scholarship opportunity. Um, thank you so much for spending time with us and thank you for your service. And um, I look forward to continuing to work with you as, as you finish up your term as mayor and I'm sure through the years going forward. Thanks again for your time. Thank you, and, and thanks for our friendship and our collegiality here over the last number of years. I've certainly appreciated it. You have a great day.